0: Well, we are in our final uh, week of the Known series, and there's still way too much to talk about and to cover, and I'm going to try to cram as much as I can in today. Uh, I love seeing uh, doing the series like this. I start seeing it everywhere. Um, I, somebody sent me a song by uh, Torin Wells called Known. I've listened to it 50 times at least in the last couple days, uh, just talking about how God knows me and knows the real me and still loves me, how amazing that is. Uh, I, I was you know, surfing the Web and I saw uh, an article about Prince Harry. I mean, Royal Prince Harry, uh, saying that uh, he was urging young people to put down their mobile phones, and he warns that they affect uh, mental health in a bad way. And he said, "Put down the phones," which makes me wonder. Like, Prince Harry, are you watching the sermon right now? I'm just wondering if he's and if you are, we'll ship you a known box. They're flat. We'll get it to you. But, anyways. Uh, I've enjoyed uh, what Dick and Ruth uh, Foth did by writing the book Known. And uh, I do know this, although they're not here with us at our campuses, they do watch the sermons right now online. They've been paying uh, close attention to this. So can we just uh, show our appreciation to Dick and Ruth Foth for writing the book Known and for, again, being with us? We've loved this. It's it's a great thing. It, it, It hits us because we live it. We're right there and we're living this. And, and in this series, I'm praying we will go deeper with our friendships, that we will have a greater commitment to life groups. It's a joy to be able to say we had over 500 uh, life groups for the first time. It's a joy to, to see you getting to know one another and to build friendships Um, I, I, my wife has held up the known book or the known box several times and like held it up like phone, phone. I said, I'm working, you know, we're not eating. Come on, put that phone. All right. But anyways, uh, I love the name tags. I really do just, it's a one-time deal. The name tags are a one-time deal. And, uh, I did notice this at our, uh, Apple Valley campus. Uh, they, 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 45 seconds, you guys were done. It's a two minute time. To greet people, and I'm going to really have to tell the other services, you know, the other campuses, man, be sure to take advantage of the full two minutes. But I've loved this. Um, I I was at a church that did a five-minute greeting time. They did a. It was in the Netherlands. And uh, in the Netherlands, they told me you can't have church without coffee. And uh, in their auditorium, in their sanctuary, they had coffee machines around the perimeter. And when they said, turn to your neighbor to greet, they all went to the coffee. And then they came back. I would do that at River Valley, but I'm afraid you would leave. So we're not going to do that. But uh, anyways, the extended time was good. There's real value in the time of connecting. And I do pray that when you turn to the people around you, that you will genuinely say hi to them. I mean, I've been in churches where they say, like, you know, pass the peace, and again, the very nice thing that they do, and they turn, but I really want us to genuinely shake hands with people and and move from your row, and and don't leave anyone just standing there by themselves. You know, that's not good enough. You know what I'm saying? I I need you to shake hands and greet people and take a moment, take advantage of that. And um, there's something about physical contact. There's something about physical contact that a, a, a handshake um, hugging the people that you know and that you're in relationship with. There's there's real benefit of that. And I've been struggling over digital church and real life church that, you know, people watch online. And some churches are actually talking about turning off the online uh, option because they want people to come and be present. I like it as a supplement. But can I say there's something about physically being here, touching someone, praying for someone, laying on of hands where you have a need and you come up with a prayer team member and they say, let's join hands together. Uh, it, it shouldn't be weird. I mean, I've even prayed for people on a golf course. This guy was just pouring out his heart and I just said, give me your hand, you know? And so he just, it looked like we were shaking hands and we were right there on the tee box and, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. And then these other guys came up to tee box and they're like, good to meet you. You're like, they didn't know what we're doing, but I just, so, there's something about being together. And there, Psychology Today did a study about the benefits of physical touch and hugs, and the, the average person needs eight hugs per day. Okay? Uh, and they said it, it decreases violence. If you are hugged enough, you, it gives you greater trust. There's economic gain. I don't know how they prove that, but it, it, it comes from hugging. It, it builds your immune system. And I do have to share that, you know. Um, I, the true story, like, you know, we shake hands, and I'm thinking that does build our immune system because we're passing germs, I guess. And, um, But I did have one guy, I was walking towards him, you know, to greet him, and he goes like this He goes, Hey, Pastor Rob, and I said, I said, brother's got a hug. And he goes, I'm not your brother. I said, In Christ you are. All right. No handshake there. Please don't do that. And then, okay, all right. Anyways, if you're on a team, hug, it, it, that contact will build a stronger team. Uh, it, it just, it's better for your well being. And uh, I do want to say this that my mom has something that she calls the Grandma Hug Club. Uh, she is a widow, and uh, she's like, I got so many hugs from my husband, and he's not around anymore. And so she has all sorts of people that she has said, You're part of the Grandma Hug Club, and anytime you see me, you need to give me a hug. And so I just want to put this out for the church. If you see this woman, put the picture. If you see this woman, <laughs> hug her, okay? <laughs> (laughs) Uh, Let's keep her alive for a lot longer and uh, hug that woman. All right. We will get to the Proverbs. We're going to look at the Proverbs today. Again, I have so many things and I just try to squeeze it all in. Um, Another thing I just want to say, I almost instituted a, a thing during this series of dinners for six, but it felt a little too forced to try to force people to go to dinner with, you know, four other people from church. And I just will throw that as a suggestion But I do know this, that um, some of our elders, Keith and Kristen Peterson, Uh, they do a thing called the Hungry Hearts Dinner, and it's just they they invite people over that are hungry for more of God and that they've met through random places. Like they may meet someone at one of their children's sporting events. Uh, Kristen has met people in the the grocery store, the shopping mall. It's people they meet at church, in the lobby, in their life group, and they'll just get that group together for dinner, and they'll just have, have dinner. There's no agenda other than to have dinner, share faith stories, and then end the night by praying for each other, and they said some of the groups don't even want to leave. I mean, they said they invited all of our worship leaders over one night, and they, they didn't want to leave. They wanted to stay. They said they invited the youth pastors over one night, and those guys left early, so I don't know what that says, but anyways. But I just encourage you to, to invite people over. Uh, let's, let's go old school. My mom and dad had our teachers over, our neighbors over. I think we can get back to connecting in a world that's so shallow. Let's go deeper. Let's take the time for each other. So, um, it's an unofficial survey of mine in 30 years of uh, of pastoring this uh, of of pastoring and being in ministry I've noticed this um, people quit a church uh, the number one reason I get told over and over and over again we didn't make friends there we didn't make friends in, in over 30 years of being a pastor people would say we just didn't make friends we liked what we saw we we you know uh, we the worship was good this was good that but we just couldn't make friends And and I'm hoping that this series has helped you to dig deeper, to make friends, that you want to be known by someone, you want to be part of a life group, you want to dig in. And the number two thing that people have said... Uh, why they leave our church, River Valley, is people will say, well, there's too much of a heart for missions and the money that's needed to fuel missions. And they're like, they're just, it's just, we're, we're out. It's just too focused. Kingdom Builders missions. And I can tell you this, we're not changing that. We're still focused on world missions. We're still focused on Kingdom Builders. Yeah. Miracle offerings come in November 11th to 12th. I'm just saying, and uh, we won't change that, but we will help you out with your friends. I want to help you with that. I want to give you some things from Proverbs about how to make friends. And there's a huge problem because we're so busy that many of us don't take time for friends and we're not being the right kind of friends that the Bible tells us to be. Some of you would think this is so simple. Others, this will be an aha moment for you or just a refresher. But let's look at some of the Proverbs we've been running over so quickly. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man that has friends must show himself friendly, and there's a friend that sits closer than a brother. That uh, just jumps out to me. If you want friends, you have to be friendly. You have to be the type of person that will be friendly. That w- w- I would ask you this, would you be a friend with you? Would you be a friend with you? And you're like, well, of course, I like me, okay? But are you friendly? Are you out there? Are you helping other people? In a world of a thousand distractions, as, as Dick Foth said, how will we make the time for Friendship. And I think showing yourself friendly in today's day and age is making the time for your friends. I believe time is like the currency that we're all struggling with. It's it's the thing that we're trying to figure out. How will we manage all the time we have? uh, And and how will we pack in what we have? And how do we have enough time for the things that we value? We all have the same amount of time. We all have... uh, you know, all the same amount of hours, the same, you know, uh, opportunity each week. But are you using those for God's glory? We say we don't have enough time, but we just need to prioritize differently. And if you're going to have friends, you're going to have to show yourself friendly with your time. When I look through the Gospels, I love this. Uh, just the, the friend side of Jesus with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. I love the friend side of that. When I look at the disciples, I see that, again, they, I'm sure they were his friends and they were his disciples, but I love that it was Mary, Martha, and, and Lazarus that it, it, it just looks like he's, he's having dinner at their house. Whenever he's invited there, he's like, I'm in. You know. It, it just, it, there's a friendship going on that shows that he was spending time And if you're going to have friends in life, you're going to have to take time to be there with your friends, to be around them, and you're going to have to get in the life with your friends uh, at church. I would just say that if you want more friends in your life at this church, you say, well, we didn't make friends. I think you need to go to one service and work at one. That's a great way to increase your friend possibilities at church. I think you need to be a part of a life group. I can tell you this. I was in my life group this weekend. And uh, Becca and I were walking, doing our walk, and we walked to Caribou, had to get our caffeine and I said, "Hunt." I mean, I, I just, uh, there's this new, renewed interest in my life for life groups. I said, I feel like if, if you need friends, you just need to get into a life group. That people just need to do that because I, I, I already in week two of our life group, people have opened up. We're celebrating one guy that they had their daughter. We were celebrating and another guy came up to me and said, have you ever thought about starting a church here? And we're strategizing on this. Another person said, pray for my big deal that's pending. Another person, we were talking about pra- uh, travel schedule together and I felt like just th- these were all the things that happened either in the group or after the group and, and I was watching the group week one it was kind of like when it was done I was like see ya see ya see ya week two I was kind of like I'm leaving now shutting out the lights last one out lock the door you know what I'm saying there was connection going on I love that and if you want to have friends you're going to have to show yourself friendly and you're going to have to get in the flight pattern of friendship you're going to have to get in the flight pattern of friendship You're gonna have to get to the right spot and the right spot has been provided for us in so many different ways in this church. You have to get to the right spot. Different studies apart from church have shown this that if you're in the right spot, you'll make more friends. They did a study about a a two-story apartment building without an elevator, just a staircase and they tried to see who had the most friends in the building and they found out that the person that lived right by the mailbox and the person that lived right by the staircase, they had the most friends in the building. It wasn't just because they were the friendliest, but there was a proximity. There was, they were in the flight pattern of friendship. And some of you need to get into the flight pattern of friendship. And in order to have more friends, you have to show yourself friendly by clearing out your schedule. And if you don't have friends in the church, I would just encourage you, change where you sit on the weekend. Just move sections. That's all I'm saying. Move around. Do something. Get by the donuts, all right? Get in the life group. But I believe that. You have to if you find times for your time for your friends, you'll be healthier. You have to get it on the calendar. You have to take it as a priority. And if you're going to have friends, you're gonna have to show yourself friendly with your time. And Dick Foth said this. He said it's not just the big moments, it's hundreds of small moments. It's hundreds of small moments. Friendships are made with hundreds of small moments over and over and over again. Another proverb, Proverbs 17, 17, along also dealing with time. It says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. All times, good, bad, ugly. And friendships deepen over time. So many of us uh, defriend others and we walk away when there's tough times. And I believe this, friendship is not a stable concoction. It's not, it's, it's not a stable, it's just, it's volatile. It can, it can go at any moment. And when you get through the tough times, all of a sudden people scatter. You need to be somebody that will love at all times. And I don't mean to just say yes to everything that the other person is doing. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But a friend loves you through the tough times. A friend is there for you and doesn't run away from that moment. On Reddit, people talked about when did they know that they had a real friend? When did their friends pass the real friend moment? They said when I the overwhelming uh, response was when I was sick, when I was hurt, when I was laid up, when something bad happened to my life. They stayed with me and they offered real tangible help. They offered real tangible help. Others said things like when I was evicted, the friend that gave me the couch was a real friend. When I lost my high paying job and they still stayed with me, I knew they passed the friend test. When, when I was cut from the team or the cheerleading squad, they said, I knew that I had a real friend because they stayed my friend through the times of my adversity. I pray that you'll make sure that you're a friend in your real time moment. I pray that you'll do that because here's the thing. A friendship becomes a brotherhood when it goes through the fire. It's like it's unstable and, it's, un- and all, it's, it's, it's a volatile concoction and all of a sudden it goes through the fire and how many know it just forges together? And you get through to the other side and you're like, there's a friend that has my back. There's a friend that's been with me through the worst and the best and they're still there. Another proverb, Proverbs 13, 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. And I believe this all throughout the Proverbs. We'll we'll look at a few here. They, we need friends to bring out the best in us. We need friends. It says, "Walk with the wise and become wise." For a companion of fools suffers harm. The idea is if you're walking with fools, you're going to become foolish. You're going to learn their ways. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Proverbs 22:24, uh, 25, it says, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. It's saying like, get with the wise people. Stay away from the bad people. You're going to, get, you're going to have them rub off on you. You're going to rub off on them. Uh, Jim Rohn gets credit for this, but I'm not sure he's the first one that said it. But he said, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time. Others have said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. All they're doing is reading Proverbs on friendship and coming up with a new uh, statement that they could copyright, but it's really credit Solomon. It's right there. He's telling us over and over again, credit to God, telling us about friendship and learning ways and saying, do this, walk with these people, get wise, walk with these people, and it'll be foolish. And the friends bring out the best in us with um, two things, two things. I really believe friends bring out the best in us with two things that are found in Proverbs uh, 27, and I'll read a couple of the scriptures, which, by the way, that's a great chapter on friendship. There's lots of scriptures there on friendship. Friends bring out the best of us with two things, sweet and sharp. Sweet and sharp. They, they, they bring out the best of us through those two things. Proverbs 27.9 says, Oil and perfume make the heart glad, so a man's counsel is sweet to his friend. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6 says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. That'd be the sharp. And he says, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I believe there's sweet in a friendship, and I believe there's sharp in a friendship. And you have a great friend if they'll give you both sweet and and sharp. Sweet and sharp. Proverbs 27, 9, the sweet. There's something about good words, kind words, life-giving words, being built up, somebody that's speaking life to you, that's giving you good counsel, good friendship, just doing life together and is positive in your life. I mean, we just gravitate to those positive people. But there's something about the sweetness of friendship where somebody's doing the same thing as you. They're in life together with you. They have the same goals, the same hobbies, the same things. You're like, this is sweet. This is good. This is, they're there they're, they're with me, and I, I love their, their, their friendship, their encouragement, the way they give me good, just good advice, and I'm just I'm moving forward in this. There's something about that. There's other sweet things that friendship can bring to you. How many know that having sympathy when somebody's like, man, I know how you feel, there's a sweetness to that. that that is brought to your friendship that helps you become a better person. There's something that's sweetness about listening. There's something that's sweetness about together times. There's something about sweetness where somebody wants to go and do the same thing with you when they answer the call, return the text, say, I'm in, and show up to what they said they'd be at. There's something that's a a sweetness about that. And I thank God for the friends that are sweet in our life. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, friendships are formed when you say, You too? I thought I was the only one. How many know that it's fun to have the sweetness of a friend that likes the same things you do and and goes on the journey with you? And I would just say this, you'll have more uh, friends if you're into more things. The more interesting you are, the more things you do, the more opportunity you have for sweetness to come along because these people do this with you and these people do this with you and you share that experience with them. There's a sweetness to that. I'll even tell you this, even on a a global team, when you go on a global team, most of your friendship that will be on that global team will be the sweet part of friendship, all right? If you come back from the global team and stay friends, you'll get into the sharpness of friendship. But on the global team, there's just a sweetness there. You start to make friends, and, and I love this, that even at our other campuses, people will make friends, and it doesn't matter. We're really one church, uh, multiple locations, that's really illustrated when you go on a global team, and there's a sweetness to it that they're there for you. You open up, they share a kind word, they're there for you, and they're not really, there's not a depth yet of the friendship to get to the sharp side, but it's a joy to be on the journey and to have the sweetness and have that, you too, yeah, let's pray about this, let's do this that adventure together, and you're able to do that. There's a joy in the sweetness. But there's a, a joy in your friend that will bring the sharpness. There's a joy in your friend that will bring the sharpness, and the sharp is much harder. Having to speak the truth in love and not being just somebody who only brings the sweet. If you're a friend that only brings the sweet, you're not really being a true friend. There's a depth to friendship that brings the sweet and the sharp there, it says, Proverbs 27, 5, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an en- enemy multiplies kisses. I mean, which friend is, is more valuable to the, you? The one that just always says, yes, 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 yes. Or the one that says, wait a minute. There's something about the sharp. See, because I have the ability to be selfish, stupid, sinful, and stubborn all on the same day. A godly friend, though, will help me to be thoughtful, wise, godly, and humble with their words of truth. And they'll help me with the sharp. I don't always like the sharp, but I need the sharp. And I want to clarify where it talks about the open rebuke is better than hidden, you know, love. It it doesn't mean that, well, I love you, so I humiliated you in front of everyone. Okay, what it means is an open rebuke where I'm opening up the friendship to a wound that could take, I'm doing surgery on us. This is an open rebuke where I'm bringing it to your attention and I know that it'd be a lot easier to ignore this and just stay in the suite, but I'm gonna open this up right now and do surgery on this friendship, on us right now, and I'm being vulnerable to do this. I think we should sidebar anytime we're gonna do a a, a sharp with a friend. You should sidebar with them. Matter of fact, that's good marriage advice. I'll throw that in too. Uh, people said, what did, you, what did you and Becca do about correcting each other? Always sidebar. Always sidebar. Like if something happened, I was like, hey, Becca, let's try take it to the side. I don't want to do the rebukes out in front of everybody. I don't want her to rebuke me in front of everybody. If you're going to do this with a friend, you sidebar and you open up what's going on and you say, hey, I'm pouring out my heart. I'm not, I'm not shouting it to the word, I'm, world. I'm not putting it on social media. And I'm telling you the truth. This is an open rebuke. Like, I'm opening, all right? And I'm, I'm telling you what I'm thinking, all right? Talks about wounds and kisses in verse 6. I mean, Jesus was betrayed by Judas with a kiss oh, rabbi, and he betrays them with a kiss. And it has that picture of yes, 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 love, perfect, deal. I, I really don't mean anything. This is not genuine. It's not real. And I want to have the sharpness. I want to have a friend that will give me the wound, that, that will tell me the truth, because I believe this, a wink, wink friend is your enemy. A wink, wink friend is your enemy. And they have to have enough courage to sharpen you, to bring you the truth in love, and to take the friendship through the fire, through the other side. I love you enough to tell you the truth. I love you enough to risk it all and to tell you the truth and bring the confrontation. I've had a few times in my life where I've had to bring really tough confrontation to a friend. Most of the times when I do that, the friend will say, thank you thank you. Or they'll say something like, yeah, my wife's been talking to me about that too. And the wife is going, thank you. Okay. Most of the time, there's something that's aware and there's a thank, you get through it. There are times like, whatever, I'm out of here. But most of the time when they're a true friend, you get through to the other side. I believe there are levels that we can't reach. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron. There's levels that we can't get to if we don't have people sharpening us. Uh, Referencing my life group, as I listen to the other people share, I'm like, that's a great idea. I should do that. I need to add that to my life. They, need, they were just sharing about their life and it was sharpening me because I was hearing what they were saying. And, and the Holy Spirit was taking their word and adding conviction to my life and I was getting sharper. I was becoming a better person because of the friendships that are in my life. Again, I believe there are levels we can't get to without each other. So we've got to sharpen each other. I owe a huge debt of gratitude to a friend of mine that's no longer here. Uh, his name was Billy Hornsby. And uh, friend, you could say mentor, he, he helped start the group ARC. And a um, little bit older, but still, I, I count him as a friend. I just He was a friend in my life. And I can remember um, there was a key event that was going on, and we were going to uh, try to get to this event, but it was $5,000 to get to this event, and it was a missions uh, opportunity, and it was with all these people that I wanted to be with, and he's like, You should go to that. And I said, I don't have, you know, it's tight. It's in the church. It's 15 years ago in the church. I was like, we don't have that. I can't go on that missions event. I just, there's just no way I can go. Can't do it. And uh, but it. Uh, thanks for the invite. And I just, I was dying because I wanted to be there. And Billy just pulled me aside. Sidebar. Got my friends there. He sidebars you. He Come here. He goes. listen up. Because I believe you're a man of faith. I believe you're going to build a great church. I believe you're supposed to be at this event right now. I really believe this. And he goes, and if you don't have the faith for $5,000, I don't think you're going to ever have faith for $50,000, $500,000, the building programs that are ahead of you. I don't think you're ever going to build the church that you need to build. And I'm calling you on this right now. You need to step up and believe God that he's going to provide where he, you don't even expect it. You're not going to take it out of the budget. He's going to provide something. And you need to man up and you need to step out of faith. And I'm just like, how many of you I'm like, sharp, yeah. I just cracked the neck a little bit, I mean, yeah! And I dug deep. I was like, God, I don't know where this is going to come from. I don't know where this is going to come from. I don't know where this is going to happen. But an unexpected thing happened. An unexpected gift came in that opened up the door for an unexpected opportunity to go on this trip. I went on that trip. I made some of my best friends in life. I was able to be mentored by John Maxwell. I was able to make the friendship with Sam Chan. I was able to, uh, all these things that fell into place. But it took me, instead of walking away, and a friend could have said, sweet, 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 good, you're going to do it. But he pulled me aside and sidebarred me and sharpened me. And I have a huge debt of gratitude to that man for having the courage to do that. It's not just me. He's done it to others. When I talked to others, they said, man, he sidebarred me and pulled me and said, come on, I want to sharpen you. You can do this. I see more in you than this right now. You need to step up. I pray, God, that we have friends that are sweet. I pray that we have friends that are sharp. And I pray that we become the men and women that God has called us to be. Lord, today in this world, there's, it's so shallow, it's so digital, it's so detached, and I pray, God, that you would help us to pull closer together, to go deeper with one another. I thank you for the moment that we had, even just shaking hands with an extended greeting and different things, but it's deeper than that. I pray, God, for deep friendships, deep glue that will hold us together, that will bring the sweet to our life, but will also bring the sharp We need more of you. We need to get rid of the selfish us. We need to get rid of those sinful things and those selfish things and the lack of faith things. And we need other people that will sharpen us and push us and stretch us and take us to the levels you desire for us to to achieve and to get to. Thank you, God. Help us to be formed in your image by the men and the women that we put around us, God. Help us to have deeper friendships in a shallow world. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.